Hello. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to today's Cheese, Wine and Creators podcast. Um, it's a lovely day um, today, which is a uh, relief after the amount of rain we've just had. Anyway, I don't have much time, so let's just get right to the point. Today's podcast is with um, a, an actor uh, who is currently starring in uh, Mamma Mia uh, in the West End. Um, and He's a great guy, has lots of amazing stories, and his name is David O'Mahony. So, without further ado, sit back, relax with your chosen beverage, tea, coffee, wine, whatever it is, and listen to today's podcast of Cheese, Wine and Creatives. Here we go! Cheese, Wine and Creatives. Um, David, how are you doing nice today? Nice to meet you. Yeah, very well, thank you. Good. Um, so, um, thank you for doing this. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, so, just talk me through your background as an actor and how you got into theatre. Okay, uh, so my name's David O'Malley. Um, my background as a professional actor is I'm currently in Mamma Mia. Before that, I was in the West End's production of Beautiful. Before that, I was in The Bodyguards with Beverly Knight and Alexander Burke. Yeah. Um, before that, I was touring America with Batman Live, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, and I've done lots of lots of pantomimes and fringe stuff, Edinburgh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, I trained at Central, and before that, I trained at Brunel. Um, how did I get into acting? I think um, my little sister did Amdram when we were when she was about nine. I think she got into it. She was she yeah. played what's the littlest child in Sound of Music? Is it Gretel? No, it's not Liesl. The li- she was she yeah, played the, 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 little, the little one, one. Um, and uh, and you know I was I was a couple of years older than her, and then she went on to she said she wanted to do a, a pantomime with a local Amdram company that my mum and dad had been involved with when when they were younger, right? And so I went along with her, and and I guess I kind I kind of kind of fell into it. I um, I probably didn't realise and commit to being a professional actor until I was really at the back end of my degree where right. I kind of I was like do you know what I, I really want to do yeah. this yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I've, I'm one of those I'm one, uh, I'm one of those people who I've never really known what I wanted to do no. and, I, and I, I literally said to my wife the other day um, you know because she's, she's an actress as well you know do you ever feel like you want to do more just yeah. not necessarily yeah, yeah. different but just more more of um, what you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and also you know i have, I have lots of other passions as as well as acting uh, you know photography and writing and um and i'm very into my my politics and my, my <laughs> yeah my my, my uh my kind of um societal interest yeah because um, when i was when i was at university i i studied history and drama oh wow, um, wow. and i kind of kind of justified it to my parents not that not I needed to justify it but yeah, yeah. I kind of said well look you know I love history it's the it's the th- every, every aspect of history I, I find you know there's always something interesting to yeah. read and to learn yeah um and I, and I thought to myself bottom line my mum was a teacher and I was like if if all other things you know if I can't decide what I want to do be a teacher I love teaching I you know I, yeah. I'm passionate about history 
that's my that's my kind of fallback. But I was really into politics. Um, I did uh, politics and econo- economics at A level. My godfather was a reporter for the BBC. Oh so wow! I was really into that kind of that kind of side of things. Um, yeah, and it probably wasn't until I was in I was in my third year at university, and I was like, oh, actually, do you know what? I'm, you know, and I. I didn't kind of fall into it. I still, I, I wanted to make, I wanted to make friends and you know, kind of meet people with similar interests. So I yeah. joined the the musical theatre, you know, drama society at, at university, and um, and there I met this amazing uh, musical director called uh, Sally Goodworth and a director called Eileen Pinkachewski. And oh, wow. Eileen, great was name. Also, <laughs> awesome name, awesome name. I love, I love those kind of Polish names where once you know how to pronounce them, they're like oh, Pinkajewski, oh, great. Um, and she'll be, lo- she'll, she'll be over the moon that I can still pronounce her name. Um, but she was the director of the of the society. Um, she was also an opera singer and a singing teacher. Right. She agreed to. Uh, we were um, when I first auditioned. I didn't want to sing. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to. Didn't want to. Yeah. Didn't want to do it. Yeah. I just wanted to be in it. Just wanted to be part of it. Um, and then we were. We were at the after show party and I was singing, I think I was singing Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <laughs> um, and she was like, oh my God, you, you can really sing. And I was like, no, I'm just mucking around. And she's like, no, 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 you can really sing. And she uh, basically arranged for me to have a bursary for singing lessons. Oh, wow. And she, so she taught me for two years and, yeah. and uh, I just loved it. So, so I guess I kind of, you know, sometimes yeah. some, there, there, is a, there are those really lucky people um, who who just know what they want to do and they're driven and they're yeah, passionate yeah. and they uh, have the utmost respect and, and kind of awe of those kind of things. My wife was like that. Like mm. ever since she was a tiny little kid, she wanted to be an actor. That's what she wanted to do. Yeah. And she's never looked back. Whereas I was always like, I don't know, I don't know, yeah, what am yeah, yeah. I gonna do? I love this, I love that. Yeah. It's scary, but I really want to do it. And, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So yeah, so I kind of, in a long rambling answer to your question, I don't know how I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so it's so funny because that kind of reflects how I got into what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, because I always knew I was going to be in music yeah. in uh, at, in some shape or form, and I was in university uh, studying jazz saxophone for two years. Right, and I was like, this this isn't for me. I'm MDing the shows and I'm writing right. for this guy and this guy and this guy. This, this isn't for me. And I and my third year, I was like, uh, okay, I need to do something. I want to be a writer. Right. I, I want to be a studio and a, a studio composer and arranger. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so I got uh, through through. A lot of talks and meetings. I, I got the chance to then study that for the the remainder of my degree. Oh, but it was it was that talk when I, I got the parents around the table and was like, "I'm definitely going to be a writer." Yeah. They were like, "Okay, right? How are Surely you going to make though, money?" Surely though, having having a, a child who was obviously very gifted at, at music. Surely they knew that like that couldn't have come as, as a, it wasn't like you was you were studying economics no. or, or no, accounting no, 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 and then no, no, suddenly no. were like mum dad I'm throwing it out the window <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 exactly but it's that that point of like because being a performer is very yeah. different to being just a writer in terms sure. of you know what work you you can get and and yeah, stuff yeah. and it's it's very different they always knew I was going to be in music but yeah. Uh, you know, are they, they in, are they in the arts? Are they no, the no, they're they're musical, but they're kind of in. Uh, uh, my my mum nearly got into the Paris. Cons- well, she did get into the Paris Conservatoire for piano, 
but then went at, because it was the 1980s she went and did lawyer she became yeah, a lawyer yeah, yeah. because it was just not feasible well of course. her family thought it wasn't feasible uh which is yeah i think i mean i think i have a, I have a similar you know my mum was a performer she yeah. she she remember she got offered uh a summer season in uh, somewhere like blackpool or something like that after she did uh, a pantomime with tony blackburn i think oh wow and she you know and, and she's you know i think she's grateful that she she didn't because what the following following summer she met my dad and they, they've been together ever since you know the, yeah the, the, those you know kind of pinnacle pinnacle couple as far as like longevity goes that they've, they've yeah. been married for like 45 years or something um, ridiculous but um but she's re- she was really you know always always singing always performing and my dad is um i think my brother and my sister are very similar to my dad right um, in that he's hugely passionate about music yeah and he his relaxation is to play his guitar he's he, self-taught um but he i think i think this is the thing my parents aren't necessarily uh limited you know he's not he's not just a no. led zeppelin pink floyd fan he no. loves everything you yeah. know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, all, 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 sh- all shades of the genre yeah um and um but yeah my, my dad doesn't really like performing he likes no, right. playing you know playing yeah. guitar at home and yeah. you know and i remember he used to he used to play at the uh, the church carol concerts but he never wanted to put himself front and centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I think I think my, my, my brother is, is kind of similar to that, really enjoys it, yeah. but doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, want to be the, the, the sole focus. So. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes sometimes that's, that's, a, that's a nice thing to have. That is a nice thing to have. And it, it, my, my mum and dad, especially my mum, but also my dad, uh, uh, are my biggest critics. Because right. they, they come, they, I've been quite glad that they, they've been able to come to the vast majority of the stuff I've been involved in or at least they've listened back to yeah. stuff like for instance when I worked on the proms or yeah and we wrote things and they're 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 pretty honest about <laughs> when when they don't like uh, something but they're, they're so yeah it was, it was all right and then they'll like just go brutal but that is I mean uh, I can't speak for your parents but I think I think my parents um worried about pushing yes i think they worried about you know i, I don't think they ever wanted to be the, the parents who went oh my god david is amazing he's the most amazing yeah yeah person exactly ever. and you and also i don't think they necessarily wanted to 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 kind of push me in a particular direction no i was very lucky they always you know when i was a, a little kid all i wanted to do was play football play cricket i swam i i mean i used to swim four or five times a week it was yeah ridiculous how much you know ferrying they did around and my, yeah. my little sister was a dancer Same. she she was, you know, probably going to dance lessons four or five times a week, and yeah. Um, and I think they, they, and I think that that then translated into uh, they didn't necessarily want to be the gushing, you know, stagey parents that were like, yeah. oh my god, that was amazing. Whatever it was, it was amazing. And so I think sometimes they um, they look for something almost almost a little bit, uh, you know, uh, clever to say, intellectual, yes, you know, kind of a different take on it than of what I might not have. And sometimes that translates into oh well you know we liked this but we didn't like that and and I have in recent in recent times I've just you know I've said it's okay for you to say we really enjoyed it and yeah. you get that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly I don't need the big critique yeah. but sometimes you know sometimes oh God, 
parents can't win, can they? No, you know, no, sometimes no, no. we want them to be be like, you know, oh, I, I really like this bit, but but you know, could you have done something different there? And yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it, it, it can be a, a hard to handle, but yeah. uh, but you know, we love them, and that's yeah, that's yeah. you know the main thing. Yeah. Um, so you're currently in Mamma Mia, which yeah. is amazing. I love the show. I've yeah. been to the show. Um, uh, when did you start? Because I I went to the show in December. So yeah, we start we we start our our contract started last June. So I've right. been in it for what's that coming up? Eight nine months. Now. Right. So um, so yeah yeah it's uh, it's a it's a wonderful show and I think um, I've been I've been very you know I've been very lucky with the shows I've been involved with but um, beautiful beautiful will always have a very special it's uh, amazing in my, in my heart it was love it the, the the show's content the way um, uh, the producers and the director put it together on Broadway and we were lucky enough for them to come over Mark Bruni who was the direct, oh, director oh wow it was just it was just incredible he's got such a great vision of it but also the yeah. the back catalogue of, of, of Carol and Jerry's songs but oh, also love Cynthia it. Weil and Barry Mann um, yeah. You've Lost a Loving Feeling Walking in the Rain yeah and also it, the show came into came into my life at a very um uh, what should we say? Uh, uh, an important point in my life where I really needed uh, a yeah. West End, you know, another West End show, and and it was it was such a great acting piece. It's yeah. got, it, it's everyone everyone knows the music. Yeah. But as far as um, like I, I was lucky enough to to cover and play uh, Jerry Goffin, which is an amazing character and person, and, and also it's, and also it's you know Jerry is one of those people who. Um, incredibly talented but also you know uh, troubled and made some mistakes and you know was fallible was a, was a human yeah. a, a complete human being yeah and and I think um, playing him on stage was uh, not only quite uh, you know challenging as far as having to having to have a mental breakdown on stage mm. having to and, and also you know the, I guess it's it's similar when I imagine when you're writing a song yeah. with Jerry it was always for me. It was about the pacing. If I if I descended into the the kind of the dark places we as we call it too soon, everyone would be like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, I see where this is going. Whereas if you don't, the breakdown scene kind of comes out of nowhere, and yeah. you know, and, and and people haven't quite got that. Oh, right, he yeah. was he was really that troubled. Um, and uh, yeah, it's but it was such, just such a such a fantastic show. But Mamma Mia is. Light and it's happy, and to see a thousand people plus every night on their feet, dancing and singing along with you, and to walk out of the theatre and just be like, I, I cheered people up. I, yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Bodyguard and and Beautiful and all all the other all the other shows. I'm sure on some level would have cheered yeah. people up. But to be involved in a show that is so unashamedly happy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> The um, there are there are some moments in Mamma Mia that are that are quite tough. There's some you know the yeah. it's, uh, you know a young lady dealing with dealing with not knowing who she is. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people you know get get you know kind of they, they know that it's the ABBA musical. So yeah. So there's going to be a load of ABBA songs, and that's what I'm sure a lot of people come along. They just they just like the music. Yeah. And they want to see it performed. Yeah. But there are so, there are some you know some some so heavy really moments. Yeah. Um, and Maz Murray, who plays Donna at the moment, um, is she's just a power. She's, she's fantastic. Yeah, she really is. And when she sings, I mean, I've seen, I've seen, you know, I've had various friends in Mamma Mia or involved with Mamma Mia over the years, and I've, I've seen it. I've probably seen it about four or five times before I was in it. 
um, and you know all the Donners are, are phenomenal. But Maz being on stage with Matt because when I play Sam, mm. I, ha- I you know I'm on stage and I'm I, she's she's like performing, you know, at me and it's such a powerful moment because she really, you know, she grabs this grabs this guy who is kind of a little bit arrogant and he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's kind of he he knows he, he has the inkling that Sophie is his daughter and he's and he's like you know what about her dad her dad wants to be here and he's really kind of pushing her buttons yeah and then she just stops him dead in his tracks yeah with, winner takes his all winner and it's yeah. just you know and I love that I love the way again pacing wise one of the marvels of the way Maz does it is that she just is building like a like a volcano to mm. this to this last note but lots of people can can belt high notes. Yeah. If you can't lay the foundation, if you can't lay the groundwork of that of the show, and, yeah. and then that song, it kind of, from an audience point of view, this very impressive. Of course, that's yeah. very impressive. But the way she, the, the nuances she 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 yeah. brings out in that song is just it's yeah. just amazing. And um, yeah, yeah. And also, it's it's lovely to be in a show that's that's been so successful. Exactly. And when I when I went, it was like. Christmas celebration, like as a family, we'd yeah. been going through a bit of a tough time. Like moving house took like th- six months, <laughs> the, like yeah. w- more or less. Um, uh, so we decided we'd just all go out and mass to Mamma Mia, have a good time. Brilliant. And uh, I, I know the music very well. Um, I've got all the records on yeah, vinyl, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and um, you know I've seen both movies, and yeah, I, I, n- I don't know the music, and it was just one of those amazing, great nights where you just cannot stop dancing. Yeah, like the whole thing, it was just uh, amazing, and a great story as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you're laughing at one point, you're dancing at one point, you're crying at one uh, and, and another point. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, it's really it's an incredible I think, show. I think what um, what what Judy Kramer, our, our producer, has created is is a bit of the the kind of um, the entertainment alchemy. Yeah, you know, because lots of you know there are there are lots of lots of musicals that follow a, a, a similar pattern. You know, there are, there were lots of musicals before Mamma Mia and have been subsequently that follow yeah. a similar. You know, you take a back catalogue of a very su- successful group or artist and you put it to a story and people love it. Yeah. And but there's there is there is something there is there like I say it's, it's an alchemy that yeah. they've just they've they've got great story great music uh, you know the fun set the brilliant choreography yeah you know, everything that goes with it and then there is just that little bit of magic dust yeah which I, that, that I'm sure you know I'm sure people have tried to recreate and yeah. and, and to, to lesser or greater extents. Um, and yeah, it's it's such a lovely privilege to be involved in a show that that can yeah. just from f- the, the it's great in the sum of its parts. Yeah, and I guess a little bit like um, you know when we talk about when we talk about music, you can you can even in its bare form, you can put together different chords, but sometimes you hit on a progression uh, or something. Yeah, and you just go, oh my god, I don't know why. But that is magic. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and Mamma Mia does that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that brings me on to the uh, next kind of topic, which is the, the the kind of trials and tribulations of an eight show week. <laughs> uh, it's it, actually nine shows this week. Oh it's, wow! Because it's half term. Half so, term. Oh um, my god. So yeah. Um, so um, uh, I I know from being 
an occasional MD for uh, some shows that it can it can be very taxing uh, doing an uh, nine uh, eight or nine show week yeah. and very physically demanding. Um, you know, especially actors nowadays that are uh, asked to be more or less a, a, a triple threat. Yeah. You know, you you've, uh, just um, how how do you keep yourself in check? Oof. Um, I mean, I guess look in in all West End in all West End shows there are there are safety nets. Yeah. We, you know, we uh, in all musicals. Um, I say all musicals. I'm assuming all musicals, but um, we have uh, physical and vocal warm-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you if you're doing a, a physical show and you might get a little niggle, an injury, or something like that, they're normally very good at taking care of you. There's a there's some great uh, physios in London. Um, we go to a place called uh, Physio Ed, run by a guy called Ed Blake, um, and the physios there are just are just incredible. Um, there's a lovely chap called Fabby uh, who has magic hands. Who I who I saw a couple of times where I was where I was doing beautiful. He's you know he's very good at um, working with singers. Um, I think it's it's you know I guess also it's it's the uh, it's the, the lottery of genetics. I think I think some people are, are are predisposed to have indestructible steel voices or spines or hamstrings yeah. or whatever, um, and and some people have to work really hard at it. Um, like I kind of alluded to in, in, in my in my preamble of who I am, I because because I, I came to the de- decision to be a performer relatively late. Things like um, dance classes, you know, my, my sister danced since she was since she was three. I think I got my first formal dance class when I was about twenty six. Oh wow! So so I've always been, and I've always thought of myself as an actor who can sing. And now, and now, you know, bless, um, you know, uh, uh, Leah and um, uh, Nicola, our, our, our choreographer and associate choreographer, and our, and our dance captains. They've now got me dancing, and um, I have to. <laughs> it's a bit of a, bit of a um, I have to admit, I really enjoy it. Like it's I've, really I've, fun. I've always, I've always been petrified of dancing. Mm. I don't know why. I mean, I you know, if you if you get me to sing in front of a load of people, I'm absolutely fine. If you get me to do a scene in front of a load of people, I'm absolutely fine. It doesn't it doesn't no. phase me. Maybe that's uh, an innate uh, experience. Ma- sorry, an experience of you know how I've been, or, or maybe it's just an innate um, confidence. I just I just know I can do this. I can yeah. I can do this. Whereas for some reason, dancing has always been yeah. um, like a, a bit of an Achilles heel. But I I, I really love it. Like it's I really it's it's such a, a pleasure especially with a with a show like ours when it finishes on such a big such a big high of the eight and a half minute finale yeah and, it's and, uh, and in the ensemble we dance the entire thing yeah it's um the the endorphin and adrenaline rush that goes with it is it is is amazing yeah um but i mean it's it's it is a difficult one i don't think i think like a lot of like a, it's like when people say um you know, when I when I teach in in colleges and things, people ask, you know, uh, what advice would you give me? Yeah. And and there are so many. Again, it's like an alchemy. There are so many things that will make one particular person successful to a lesser or greater extent. Mm. And you can't ever if if there was a route, yeah, everyone would take it and everyone, <laughs> exactly. everyone would be successful. And so I I guess the 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 prep. Um, yeah, I try and I try and. Try and eat healthily. I try and keep myself fit. Um, 
I'm, I'm fairly I'm fairly active I'm always doing something you know I'm a I'm, I'm, a, I'm a photographer on the side I uh, I do you know various ver- bits of bits of DIY around the house I quite like <laughs> quite like woodwork and stuff like that yeah built a sofa and built a couple of cabinets and things like that um, and so I think keeping keeping yourself physically and mentally active and agile as well I kind of um, my wife introduced me to a concept of um, actually being emotionally agile but I think it, it kind of translates to being physically and mentally agile as well like I think you know those are those people where um, yeah. something happens and you know let's say for argument's sake it's a bad thing and there are certain people who uh, there's, there's stages of grief and you know some people yeah. always get stuck on the denial bit or yeah. the or, yeah. or you know the anger bit um, whereas there are other people who move quite Quickly. simply through those yeah. things and I don't think that's necessarily because they're you know uncaring or whatever but maybe there maybe there's a, a bit of emotional agility so when there's something challenging happens you can emotionally kind of go oh, okay now I'm into this gear and I think being physically and mentally agile like today for example we've got uh, we've got a dress rehearsal because one of our cast um, sadly hurt herself um, uh, a, a while ago and she's um, she, she needs to recover so we're getting someone else to come in and play her play her role for a while um, and so we've got rehearsal for the, this lady who's joining us yeah. for, for a, a little covering session um, and then we've got the nine shows and and so and then in this week uh, the last five shows of the week I'll be playing Sam the the Pierce Brosnan part yeah from, yeah, yeah from the film and so keeping yourself in a kind of right well I'm going into rehearsal and so I need to I need to warm up I need to make sure I'm ready for that I need to also think about well how can I how can I help this new person you yeah. know what parts of my track do um, do I come into contact with 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 that track and you know, yeah. how can I help is there anything I need to prepare do I need to make sure that I'm you know I'm there ready in plenty of time so it doesn't throw her and things like that um, and then you think well actually then tonight we've got we've got the show so you have to get into your into into the space for um, yeah for that so I think also like like a lot of like a lot of an exercise you get used to it yeah. so you, you'll be you know if you if you go to the gym and you you know the fir- first day no 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 training or whatever and you go on the treadmill and you say right I'm gonna run at full speed for half an hour I guarantee you'll either fall off or yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. be a very sweaty mess at the end of yeah, it yeah. whereas if you did that half an hour every single day for six months by the end of it you'd be fine you know yeah. you'd be, you, you get it in your body and you know, I think when 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 we first started rehearsals, and I was I was the sweaty mess in the in the choreographical rehearsal. Right. I was like, oh my god, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never gonna learn this. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, and I think we all go. I think we all go through that yeah. that moment. I think the difference is that for other people in the cast, they might have had a moment in the music rehearsals where they mm. said, oh my god, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna be able to learn this. I'm never gonna remember these harmonies. And you will. Yeah. It just just takes time and practice. And, yeah. And and. Um, uh, yeah, and, and yeah. a bit of agility, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. How long do you have? Um, oh, uh, another forty-five minutes. So we're, oh, we're, cool, we're cool. We can chat for lower. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, one of the things that I um, I can really relate to in that is uh, when when I'm doing like studio sessions, mm. especially for film, where you've got a, a lot of things happen within a. Sp- very very short space of time yeah. you know your time pressures and time like pressures that. and stuff like 
the the last film I did, I started getting things a week before, which right, okay. is not 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 doable. But it was it's fine, pressure. you know. It's, there's a bit of pressure, but then uh, more or less half of the film comes like two days before. Right. Yeah. So you're you're really really you know you're really busy. You, you know you're probably going to do an all nighter or yeah. like most of an all-nighter before the actual session. And then when you get into the session, you're out. Yes. You know. Uh, but then there is that thing of when you're in the live room, you're, you're calm. You're a different person. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, even if things are going wrong, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. calm, you know. Uh, and then you go back into the control booth and if things are going wrong, things are flying everywhere. You know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'm running about here, the left, left, right, and centre. But then, as soon as you're in the room, you're calm. Yeah, I again, think it's, I think it's, it's the same kind with, of um, with uh, walking on stage. I think um, everyone gets nervous. Every, yeah, know, and it's just that people deal with those nerves differently. Yeah. Um, I, I unfortunately, when I get nervous, I swear. And yeah. That's, and that's just the way I am. You know, other people, other people's handshake uh other people gabble their words or their voice you know tenses up so even right. if they're speaking they might they might be oh, yes, hello, you know and it's and it, it all manifests itself in a, in a different in a different way but i think when you 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 know all hell can be breaking loose backstage people can be going off you know costumes could, might be missing or torn or you know yeah. but the second you cross that threshold the second you the second you break the leg you know you walk onto stage you have to get into that into that place, and I yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of you know when I was when I was younger I would give too much time and energy to what if I forget my lines, what if I forget the lyrics, what if I hit a bum note, yeah. what if I you know do the wrong dance move, what if I do this? Oh my god, it's uh, you know and and you give too much credence to what if it goes wrong, whereas whereas I think what if it goes right? Exactly. How's it going to feel if you? If, if you know at the end of that that crescendo the entire orchestra the singers everyone is there and then everyone just calm and everyone yeah. sits back and they go oh my god that was magic yeah yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's you know what if it all goes brilliantly <laughs> yeah 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 you know uh you know i i doubt there is the, I, I i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but I'm, i doubt day to day there is a single show that goes absolutely perfectly right. You know, there are things happening, you know, behind yeah. the scenes, you, you know. Uh, but it's, it's that thing of, you know, uh, what if it goes right? And I, th and I think that's a, a, a common misconception of, um, of a, lot of, a lot of art forms, not, not, not you know, of, of musical theatre, of, uh, of straight plays, of film, uh, you know, of, of orchestral work, of playing in a band. The assumption is that if you've... If you're in a band and you've played the same song ten thousand times, yeah. they're all the same, yeah. and they're just not. Every no. single time, every single time you walk on stage, it has to be like it's new. Not only for the acting, the acting part. You know, we, we talk about playing the end of the scene too quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think if you walk on stage knowing that at the end of the scene you're going to have an argument, the audience will pick that up. The audience will look at you, even walking on stage and going. I think they're about to have an argument, and then it, and then it transpires. Whereas I think the you know the if if an audience kind of goes, oh yeah, I love this song. I wonder what the guitar solo is going to be like this time. Yeah, 
that's what that's when you get that that energy. And also, I think, I think everyone, because we are, you know, we are professionals, but everyone has a bad day. Everyone has stuff in their life that's going on outside. Um, and there was a little story that I'd like to tell you that um, I was on uh, the tour of Batman Live. We were touring around America, and it was the most fun job. You know, I was, I was fulfilling my childhood dreams of being in a comic book story yeah which is amazing um, and i, and I yeah. love batman and it's such a great story and the people yeah. i was on tour with were amazing the producers the directors they were all just fantastic um we were touring at the, at the kind of the the real like the real trough of the of the um uh of the recession right and a lot of people couldn't afford it a lot a lot of venues couldn't afford the the show and there were very, and it was a very expensive sh- show to tour. There was like thirteen big, you know, Arctic truck type things transporting our set. Um, and Nick Grace, our producer, who was just wonderful, came over and uh, and you know and gave us the bad news that unfortunately we were going to have to cut the tour short. Um, and I think we were we were finishing just before Christmas, and and everyone was down, and we were in a place called Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Oh. And it, uh, not the most, you know, we played LA and the, you know, yeah, the yeah. Staples Center, the home of the LA Lakers, and and it, Rio Rancho was nice enough, but it wasn't, it wasn't glamorous, and we yeah. were all a bit like, you know, completely winded and you know, gutted that the tour was ending, and we hadn't sold very well. And I remember going out, and we were in an arena, we, we were in an arena that held, I think, about four thousand people, right. and there was only fifteen hundred people there. Now, fifteen hundred people is the size of most big West End theatres. Yeah. 1,500 people in, a, in an arena is a bit echoey. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we got through we got through the show and we went, ran out for the walk down and every, you could feel the energy. Everyone was just a bit like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. And I remember looking out and there was this tiny little girl. She was probably six or seven and she was going mental. And it chokes me up just, just thinking about it. She was leaping around, screaming like, yes! And for her, that was the most amazing piece of entertainment that she could have seen. Yeah. And she loved it. And I just remember thinking, every time I walk out on stage, there is going to be a little girl in the audience or a little boy in the audience or (laughs) an older person in the audience who that might be their first time of seeing that show. It might be the first time of seeing any show. Yeah. It might be the one show that they can afford that year or that decade. Yeah. And that is why we have to walk out and make it special every single night. Yeah. Because there is always going to be someone for whom it is crucially special. Yeah. And and I think it's so e- it's so, it is so easy when we're having a bad day, you've had an argument with someone, you've got a big bill or you know or something tragic has happened and it's really easy to have the wind taken out of your sails and not feel like you want to pick yourself up and get out of there. Yeah. And th- and those moments are are very are just very important to remember. It's, yeah. And and I think, you know, and I'm I'm very I'm very glad that at that particular moment I looked out and I saw that girl and her family having an amazing time on probably what was the worst day of that tour. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I think that's and and especially with a with a show like like Mamma Mia, you know, yeah. people want to people, you know, I imagine if you're doing Titus Andronicus, you could probably be quite, you know, yeah. if you're having a bad day. That might actually add something to the yeah, to yeah, the exactly. But for something like Mamma Mia, you got you, 
got to dig deep and, yeah. and find, you know, and even just, just empathize, put yourself in that position of that family who have yeah. spent their hard earned money to come and see you perform and be like, right, now is the time to give them the best show you can possibly give. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've got a similar similar story, yeah. but um, where I was I was on tour with my band yeah. with my big band, um, and we'd done three three dates on like July, August, uh, September, mm-hmm. and um, you know it, it seemed to had have sold better the further away from London we got right, okay. uh, which was am- amazing and you know I knew that I wasn't going to make back I was also producing okay. so I-, I knew I wasn't going to make back the money that you know I'd, I'd I made but that was fine there was a budget for it yeah. it was fine yeah um and we got to the venue uh, in St Ives uh, right. it, it was it's quite quite a way away <laughs> from London yeah no <laughs> uh, it was like an eight hour mini bus drive we all came down from london it was like an amazing it was an amazing trip for loads of different reasons yeah. and uh we were just about on time for the sound check we were supposed to get there like an hour before that uh, but traffic yep. you know uh and i get in and i talked to the uh manager and i was like how many tickets have we sold tonight i was like 10 for the whole oh. venue and we've got deck tech you know uh on it i was like oh my god what am i gonna do like i i can't face doing another gig where there is yeah. more people in the band <laughs> than are on yeah. uh, than are in the audience so i was like oh my god you know what am i gonna do uh, I just thought to myself, right, let's just do the best gig we can. It's the end of the tour. It's the last date of the tour. Right. Like, come on, you know, get your head together. Because not only am I comparing, I'm also conducting the band and yeah. it's my music. Right. So it's it's, it's kind so of... Yeah, it's like... Ah. Um, so I... I we, we start it, uh, you know, we, we, we open the doors and just people start coming in. I'm like... Oh, we we. This is know, more than ten. This is more than ten. Yeah. And then you know we start the first half, and obviously my back is not where the audience is. Yeah. And we start the first tune. By the end of the first tune, we had sold out the whole venue. That's incredible. I was like, what? Like <laughs> this is absolutely People mental. Like St Ives are obviously a bit, you know, kind of like well. Um, what do we? Sh- what should we do tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was part of like a, a, a little kind of music festival they run for two weeks there. Okay. Um, but there was a lot going on that particular day uh, everywhere yeah. in in the town, and it was just this overwhelming feeling of like, wow, yeah. this is this is crazy, and every you could feel in in the space of more or less a tune, you could feel the energy of the band go from. Oh, and what yeah, we do, get it done, get it home, done, yeah. and you know, drink ourselves to death, which, which we did in the end. But like, um, you could feel the energy go from that to like, this is incredible. What yeah. is this? You know, uh, and you know, it's moments like that that you really hold on to as creators of yeah. whatever you're you're doing. Yeah. Uh, which which brings me on to uh, another um, slightly. Uh, Slightly similar topic of um, what is your favourite 
musical experience or theatre experience that as a actor or in the audience? Oh, wow. I mean, that, that is almost the unanswerable question. Um, oh, lots of things leaping into my brain. Um, when I was about six or seven, my parents took me to see uh, Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the first couple of chords just made me fall in love with that music. Yeah. Dum, dum. Um, and it was, and I was, I was like, sold, done, yeah. Yeah. sign me up. And I think I've seen Les Mis about 30 times now. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, def- it's definitely a show I'd, I'd love to be involved with, but also just, I, I love going to see it. It's, it's one of those, yeah. I, I, I love it. I know, I know lots of people are kind of, yeah. um, uh, you know, weary of it, but I, I absolutely love it. And I, I think it's a fantastic show. That was one of the things that popped into my head. Um, I definitely think uh, moments like um, we sang on stage with Carol King when she did British oh Summertime. Oh my God. So we did, we, we came on and did um, Earth Move with her and her band. And, you know, like uh, Danny Kirchmeyer, who, who was her guitarist throughout most of her solo career, was on stage with her like it yeah. was it was it was insane you know we <laughs> we we met her daughter who obviously in the in the in the show is portrayed as a tiny little baby um and yeah and, and also i think there was oh, i don't know i don't know the exact number but i think there was about seventy thousand, give or take yeah five or ten thousand yeah. um you know in hyde park and that's a pretty amazing moment um, and I, I managed to there's a there's a little instrumental bit and I managed to whip my phone out and me and my friend Rosie got a, got a selfie with us and seventy thousand people. That yeah, was, that was very cool. Um, when I made I made my West End debut in uh, the Bodyguard. Yeah, with oh, another great show. With, yeah, and and um, you know Whitney Houston's uh, or not Whitney Houston's music, but the, the music that Whitney Houston made famous. Yeah is such an incredible back catalogue and um, making my Western debut I was in the ensemble and uh, I covered the stalker and Frank Farmer the bodyguard and and the 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 FBI agent Mm. Um, and in my track as both my ensemble track and Frank Farmer um, I would be and and the stalker I would be on stage for when uh, the ladies playing Rachel would sing um I have nothing, which is probably yeah. one of my favourite Whitney songs. And hearing Beverly Knight sing that for the f- for the first for the first day, uh, for the first night was just sheer brilliance. Um, there was also a moment where our standby went on halfway through a show just before that scene, and I have never seen an audience leap to their feet. Yeah, uh, um, I think it, yeah, it was it was. Bev was, uh, she was very ill and she, she'd sung uh, Run To You, the duet before and, her, you know, she had a throat infection and, and it was just, it was just horrible. It was horrible to see her, you know, to see anyone in, in, in pain. Yeah. And, you know, so she, she made the, the correct decision to be like, do you know what, I can't, can't you know, damage myself so I'm going to go, you know, go off. And it's horrible when someone has to do that halfway through a show, um, especially someone like Bev who is... Who is Amazing. Who, who I have to say that I mean I remember her saying that was the first time in her entire career that she'd ever gone off or not been able to get through a gig or anything like that. Yeah. She, you know she has vocals of steel, but hey, we're all we're all human. Um, but her alternate went on, and a lady called Joelle Moses, um, and um, she 
joined, you know, she went on stage, the scene before she has to sing, I have nothing. Um, and my God, I st- I'm getting shivers just thinking mm. about it. She just smashed it. I mean, it must be intimidating to be first cover to, to mm. any, you know, to someone like, like, like Beverly Knight mm. or Alexandra Burke and Joelle just absolutely owned that scene. The song was incredible, like, the, and, and the audience just leapt to their feet and, and that was amazing. Um, yeah, oh God, there were so many, so many, so many moments, you yeah. know, like, I think to, to pick, to pick one, um, I, I sang on live TV once with a TV show called Don't Stop Believing. All right. And the adrenaline of thinking that there was a million people about to hear me sing was was yeah intoxicating and amazing um but then do you know what also there's there are moments in my career where there have been very like i've done um as well as being in musical theater i've done i've done straight plays and 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 short films and bits of Mm. tv and stuff like that and i think tv and 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 film are, are a bit like recording music in a studio yeah you can um you can think you've created something amazing, yeah. But it's not until people start listening to it that you think uh, that you get that feedback, yeah. You know that you go, oh my god. You know, with with theatre, you get that immediate theatre uh, uh, immediate yeah. feedback. It's it's quite gratifying to, you know, you crack a joke and a thousand people laugh. That's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Whereas when you are, um, you know, recording something or on on set. You know the the crew can be like, yeah, that was great. Should we do it again? You know, mm, let's get yeah. a different take. Let's go from a different angle. You know, let's let, right. Let's you know, let's right. That's great. Let's move on. It's not until you cut it together and you watch it, and you you know, or you mix it together if you're if you're yeah, doing, yeah. doing music that you go, oh my god, this is this is really special. This yeah, this is this is great. And um, uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes the best moments are the moments you don't realise are going to be important until yeah. until until you know fur- further on. So, yeah, um, it was um, yeah. I I've got so many as 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 well, like like yourself. Um, one of them was um, linked to the bodyguard. Oh right. So I got the privilege of working with uh, a in a kind of celebration concert. Okay. Uh, for a guy called Jeremy Lubbock, who whose name rings a rings a bell. Please continue. Yeah, yeah. he was the arranger for Run to You. Oh yes, for That's what um, yeah. you know, uh, for the kind of all the kind of LA big hits, yeah. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Uh, he's now in his eighties, um, uh, and they flew him from South Africa just for the concert and wow. he's now staying in london because he's not well enough to go back right okay um and i got the privilege all of his scores are handwritten okay i got the privilege or the the, the pressure task of uh, putting it all into sibelius making the parts doing sure. any changes uh, for the for the ensemble and there was an amazing moment where i i ended up conducting half the concert as well uh, because um, someone needed to conduct all the kind of pop stuff because wow. he does a lot of like classical stuff as well but someone needed to conduct the orchestra on the pop stuff so I yeah. said well I can I can do it great um, and it was a moment in rehearsal I'd finished you know my bit and you know it'd been a very intense rehearsal period uh, you know not much sleep was had um, <laughs> and um, Ralph Ralph Salmon's a good friend and a 
hero in the session drum world drumming world worked for Hans Zimmer and, and stuff he was on the gig and he he called me over and was like uh, Jeremy Lobbert wants to speak to you I was like Dub, dub, dub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, have I done something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and he was like, no, 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 come on, come on. Uh, went to the back of the auditorium, uh, and Jeremy Lubbock was in the wheelchair, and he stood up and shook my hand and was like, you've done a great job. Thank oh. you so much. And I was like, oh, my oh, God. <laughs> you know, uh, it was just like in a moment, like, I'm going to treasure this yeah. for, you know, for the whole for the whole of my life and then another kind of experience that I kind of re- remember is um, I had the privilege of working on the Pete Tong Heritage Orchestra live arena tour oh, awesome. um, uh, and I've worked with that kind of team for the last like three or four years on kind of little jobs here and there because you know it's I'm still at the very start of my career yeah. but um um, and this job came through where it was essentially um, taking pre-existing music that they'd uh, they'd done on previous tours yeah. um, that they'd since then recorded and changed, and writing down all the changed bits yeah. uh, and you know making the updated versions of the charts. And there was one tune called "Every Heartbeat," which is uh, originally art by Robin, yeah, which they did. Love a, that song. Yeah, uh, which they did a like a huge, expansive like ballad version, orchestral version, wow. um, uh, on the record. Um, and so I transcribed like all the string parts and wow. and and stuff for that. And then, you know, I uh, I knew like as soon as I sent it, I was like. You know, it'll be changed here and there. You know, you know, it's a live show. These things happen. You yeah. know, and uh, you know, I'm just you know doing what someone else. I'm just writing down what someone else has written already. Right. But you know, it's 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 that moment of okay, right. You know, and it was like my first my my first bigger job for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, it got to the last date of the tour. The O2 Arena, uh, and I went to it, and it, I knew it was coming because I'd seen the set list, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, it started. And Becky Hill who, who was singing, and she was like, "Right, guys, I, I want you all to get your phones out and uh, put your torches on." And there was eighteen thousand people oh. with their torches on. I was listening along. They, I was like, "They've they've kept in everything that I wrote." That's amazing. And it was that moment of like, this is like an important personal moment for yeah, myself yeah, absolutely. in you know this is you know uh, and also uh, i heard afterwards that they thanked everyone in the sound check okay. uh, including myself oh, which is amazing. just like oh my god uh, but as a, as a personal moment i was like yeah this is cool this yeah. is really really cool yeah. um, the, um, the first time i stalker at the beginning of bodyguard is is flown in the in this um in this desk upside down so you don't really look at you don't see the audience until you're tracked on stage 
with this desk and like caressing um, yeah. dress that you that you've stolen from from Rachel. And I remember the first that was that was my West End debut as a lead. First thing I'm doing on stage is singing a duet with Beverly Knight, uh, and it was just yeah, ju- like you say, one of those one of those personal moments that that you just go, this is a this is a bit of a milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I think it's important for us as as creatives to 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 really enjoy those moments yeah. and to not because there are you know there are obviously people who are touring this touring the world, playing to stadiums full of people. And and I hope that, that everyone for you know from from the you know the Rolling Stones you know down to people who are who are playing you know fringe venues at, at small music festivals will remember those those moments where that like this is this is special this is this is worth remembering yeah yeah exactly and um, the, the, which brings us on to a uh, a new kind of topic of. Uh, <laughs> um, in the in the recent like five six years, there's been a kind of uprise of like musical movies like AKA La La Land yeah. and uh, Cats. Now, yeah. um, uh, what what's your kind of opinion on those on that kind <laughs> of thing coming from a kind of very like actory background, yeah. stage theatre background? What's your opinion of of them? trying to make I don't know trying to make you know your art form a bit more commercial well I mean are they making it commercial or or are they making it accessible because I mean and 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 yes I mean I think I think you know we can all sit here and and say oh I did like this one and I didn't like that yeah 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 but um you know from a a socio-economic perspective going to the theatre is an expensive privilege yeah. And it's a privilege that is is sometimes, um, you know, on some 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 of my walks home, I, I walk past the um, not that I walk home, but on my walks to the station, I walk past the Royal Opera House. Yeah, and the type of people that exit the Royal Opera House are very different to the type of people who might exit seeing Matilda down the road. Yeah, uh, or might exit seeing, um, uh, you know, whatever, any other show in 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 the West End. And I think that might just come down to the fact that tickets for an opera can start you know they 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 do they do they do good work to try and make it affordable but i think it's sometimes the people's perception oh i can't, you know surely i can't afford a ticket to the opera house right yeah I, yeah i live here and i do this kind of job whereas i think you know people who do different things or come from a different background might go well yeah of course i can afford to go go to the theater yeah i'm hugely privileged that my parents part of Part of our upbringing was going to see uh, theatre and bands and musicals. You know, my my parents are so. Uh, you know, my dad my dad's a, an NHS GP and my mum was a teacher. They're not. Yeah. They're they're kind of I guess middle class. Um. But you know, we come from working class backgrounds. But they they've also they took me to see Winton Marsalis at, at the Royal Albert Hall oh, when, wow. I was, when I was nine. My brother used to play trumpet. Right. Um, and so we went along and. You know the Royal Albert Hall. It was amazing, and there were there yeah. were people there in you know in proper dinner suits and all that kind of stuff, um, and so that kind of leads me round to if someone's perception is that oh no I couldn't possibly afford to go to the theatre, but I can afford to go to the cinema, or I like going to the cinema because right. that's the kind of art form that I'm used to, or I feel that that's my place. You know, other people go to the cinema, other people go to the opera, I go to the cinema. If there then comes round. A genre that, uh, or a, a piece that crosses over from that, 
either a piece that, like I remember my, one of my first experiences of opera was uh, a mate of mine lived uh, or lived next to um, Victoria Park in South East London. And they were showing, I can't even remember what opera it was, mm. but they were showing a live broadcast of an opera from the Royal right. Opera House. And it was, it was free, like literally yeah. rocked up. I remember it, it was raining. We had those kind of like disposable cagoule things on. Right. And, <coughs> excuse me, and, and I watched an opera. And yeah. it was great. And it was, I enjoyed it. It was passionate. The music was amazing. The staging was incredible. But had they not gone, well, let's make it accessible for people who might just go, want to go and sit in a park. Yeah. Like someone would if they were going to see, you know, a yeah. concert in Hyde Park. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm... When I was when I was nineteen, the Eagles came to um, uh, came to England. They were doing a tour. I think it was the Hell Freezes Over tour. Right. Um, and I was I, I was scared. I'd never I'd never gone to a concert before. I yeah. chickened out. And I didn't bother buying a ticket. Right. A few of my friends went, and I was really jealous. And I and I was gutted. And then and then various members of the Eagles have sadly passed away. And 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 I was and then when it was announced that they were coming over next summer, I was like, I'm buying a ticket. I don't care how much it is. I am buying a ticket. So I bought me and my wife. Um, some tickets and they were really expensive yeah but it's one of those things that i i'm like that's something i want to do yeah and so when we get mu uh movie musicals like mamma mia like cats i know firsthand from coming out the stage door and there are families and and they'll be like you know oh can we have your autograph and you're like, absolutely can we have a photo yes definitely yeah and one of the stock questions is is this your first time seeing the show and the amount of people who say, yeah, it's our first time seeing the show, but we've seen the movie. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. These little kids who are, who, you know, we have, I mean, my godchildren came to see it when they were six or seven. Right. And they loved it because they already knew, they knew the music, they knew the story. It wasn't like it was a new thing where they had to follow along. Can you imagine being a, an eight or nine year old uh, going along to Les Mis for the, for the first time? Yeah. Les Mis jumps about in, in time and you know there's a, there is a, I mean um, uh, Lawrence Connor the, the director and, and the producers have, have worked very hard on, on some new projection for, yeah. The, for, yeah, the, yeah, for yeah. the new cast that's starting in the I think it was the US tour cast they, they kind of they yeah. made it a bit more you know very clearly this is you know this is six years later or this is nine years later or yeah. whatever it is um, but you know being a kid I'm like following it along and being like oh hold on wait why is, why is he grey haired now is that person dead Wait, who are all these new people? Yeah. Whereas if you watch the film, where you, where as a parent you can pause it and go, do you know what's going on? You know, do you know, yeah. this, do you know, you know the story. Yeah. The kids can be like, yeah, but what's this? It then means that when the kid comes along to see the show, they know it. They yeah, know yeah, that, yeah, yeah exactly. Reassuring. I mean, I think, I think the other thing is that I think the reason certain shows are, uh, are successful is when people have that kind of accessibility. Because let's face it, going going to see. Going to see anything is, is actually, you know, going to the Royal Opera House, going to see Mamma Mia, going to see any West End show or a play. When we're parting with when we're parting with our hard-earned cash, we like to trust that we're going to get the entertainment value of that 40, 80, 120, 200 pound ticket. We want to, we know that we're going to get that that entertainment back. Yeah. I know that when I go and see the Eagles, those guys are worth. I think I paid. 120 pounds per ticket yeah i know that seeing that band live uh, i think it's wembley live at wembley i'm gonna get 240 pounds worth of entertainment for me and my wife yeah and so when people you know if you've got a family of uh, of four and let's say tickets 
for a show are 50 quid, you know, yeah. kind of middle of the road. There are more expensive, there are cheaper ones. Yeah. For a family of four, that's 200 pounds just yeah. for the tickets. Mm. You add in having to take them for, for dinner. Even if you go to McDonald's for Happy Meals, you're still talking about an extra 20, 30 quid on food. Yeah. Then you've got travel, and we all know how unreliable and expensive travel in London is. Yeah. So you're talking about maybe, uh, you know, I know kids go for free, so let's, let's say another 20 quid on that. You're talking about 250 quid yeah. for a one night out. Yeah. As a parent, it, you know, my, we're, we're about to become parents. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, As a parent, I kind of want to know <laughs> yeah. if my 250 quid is going to be well spent. Yeah. And so if I can say that, well, actually, you know, my kids have watched the movie. They love the movie. Let's see it live on stage. That's great. Now, the, the, cats, the cats discussion, our, uh, our old housemate, uh, an incredible performer called ha- Hannah, Hannah Faith Marum, she was in 42nd Street, his first cover to the, to the oh, wow. female lead. She's, she's, she's this tiny little dot of a girl. She's so quiet and sweet, and she's just, just tiny. And then she gets on stage, and she's bursting with energy. She's incredible. She was in the Cats movie. Right. Now, it was a f- you know, she only graduated a few years ago. It was her first big film. She had an amazing experience on yeah. that. And uh, she worked really hard on it. Now, I'm... Now the thing is, whether you create good stuff or bad stuff, as long as you can walk away going, do you know what? I worked really hard. Yeah, now. yeah. I'm proud of what I put into that project. Yeah. Especially with film and TV. Yeah. I I know a, f- a film I did recently, which was kind of had a La La Land esque thing, where we did, we, it was you know, a traditional normal film. You know, two people meet in a bar, they hit it off, they start walking down the south bank. We then burst into song because of a story twist that I won't let you into. But it's kind of a bit La La Land-esque. Yeah. I worked really hard on that film. Everyone involved worked really hard on that film. There was one particular moment, one particular line that I delivered. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, God, I really really hope that's the way I said that. It was the last line of the film. I really hope that last line of the film makes it into the film. Now, for whatever reason... The, the editor, the director, cut it in a slightly different way. It's not how I would have done it. They made this their, you know, it's their yeah. film. Part of, part of it, I guess, a bit like being in an orchestra, you have to trust yeah. that that person's going to do what you hope they're going to do. Yeah. And if they don't, there's obviously, there's probably a hundred different reasons why they, why they did yeah. what they did, and they've made that decision. Yeah. And I guess with, I mean, I, I haven't seen Cats. It, no. You know, I'm sh- I'm sure it's fine. I've heard of I've heard of people absolutely loving it. I've heard of people thinking That's, it's yeah. atrocious. I'm I've never been a very I've never been a big fan of the of, of the show anyway. I'm I'm really I'm really busy. I haven't got watch got round to watching it. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Um. And I think if if there's a little four or five year old little little girl or boy who watches that film. With all of its with all of its critics and its you know its people in people in both musical theatre and film going ah oh, it's awful. If there is a little kid who watches that film who goes oh my god that's amazing, I then really want I really want to sing I really want to dance. Then you've then done your job exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think and I think with with anything like that like we can all we you know there's lots lots of different there's lots of different opi- opinions yeah. on, on lots of different aspects yeah. of the. I mean there was a big for Ray on Twitter recently about someone saying um, about how we all needed to read sheet music and ha- and the thing was what what 
the only thing that annoyed me about that was the way he phrased it. Yeah. Didn't I, I mean I didn't reply to him. I didn't, you know, I kind of we had a bit, bit of a discussion at work. I know that he said that everyone kind of was up in arms saying don't be ridiculous. You don't need because he phrased it as someone who doesn't read sheet music that works in musical theatre is unprofessional. Now, had he said, "God, that's a whole podcast in itself." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, had he said, "Do you know what? I'm really glad that at my drama school they taught me to they taught me the importance of reading sheet music, and I read sheet music, and I'm really glad that I do." End yeah. of. Yeah. Then that would have been a. I would have liked that tweet. That's great. But the fact that he insinuated that the people who didn't have a skill were somehow unprofessional is like saying is like me saying I find it unprofessional that people can't that not every guy can belt a top A. Not every guy can. It's no. not unprofessional, it's just different. Yeah. For example, I I read sheet music as in I can I know which vocal line I'm supposed to be following. I can see where it goes up and down. I know the sharps and the flats. I know the length of the length of the beat. Yeah. Can I um, I think a lot of people got confused between being able to sight sing and being able to read sheet music. I'm not that great at sight singing, where sight singing, whereas I have very good relative pitch, and so, and also I have a good memory for harmony. So if I learn a harmony, then it's normally it's probably kind of in there. I could probably reel off the harmonies that I sang in Beautiful, yeah. or Bodyguard, or whatever. But just to say that someone's someone's unprofessional for not being being able to read sheet music is also saying it really pisses me off where the where where the first day of rehearsals, some people are a little bit behind me. Whereas I know that what I do in rehearsals, whether I know the song, whether I know the harmony or not, I will record my part onto onto my phone. Yeah. I'll listen to it back. By the next day, I've got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, if you're not if you're not putting in that work, then that's unprofessional. If you're being yeah. lazy about learning your harmonies, regardless of whether you read sheet music yeah. or not, then that's unprofessional. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we get into we get into a, into a space where where we where we point fingers and we judge people and we yeah. and 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 also we, we lack a bit of empathy. Yeah. No one ever wants to crack a note or no. play a bum note like, you know, like we have it's it's especially in live theater, you know, you crack a note in a recording studio, you just go, "Haha, that was silly. Let's do it again and I won't crack." Yeah. Whereas, you know, you're live in front of a thousand people or, you know, 20,000 people, you hit a yeah. bum note. Or, or, or if you're live in front of millions of people being recorded and you hit a bum note and then that gets circulated through Twitter and Instagram. It can be you damaging. Just, it's, it's not only damaging to people's career, but it's damaging to people's mental health. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and, you know, obviously with, with the recent tragedy of, of another member of our, and I say another member of our community because she was she was an entertainer, regardless of whether she was a presenter or yeah, a, yeah, 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 she was she was a performer. Another tragedy of someone being judged and vilified and 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 pushed to a very dark place by not only our media but by thousands of strangers. Yeah, I would, I would say if, if thousands of strangers told me that I was rubbish or evil or you know deserve yeah. to die or deserve to be locked up i'd be in a really dark place it's as well. horrible it's and, and i and so i guess we sorry to get but we, we, we meandered through no 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 but there. it's it's but to kind of come back to 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 what do i think about about movie musicals i think they're brilliant like, yeah i think the, the bottom line the bottom line also is that if someone had asked me hey david 
do you want to be in Cats? I would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah I really do. <laughs> yeah. Because my rent needs to be paid this month. Yeah. And I want to do a bit, you know, if someone had said, do you want to do a scene with Judy Dench or Idris Elba? Yes. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. And, and you enter into any job going, wow, I really hope this is good. I really hope they, yeah. I really hope everyone does really well here. Yeah. No one wants to be involved in, in a car wreck, you know? Yeah. But, but also if, if it then inspires people to go and see other musicals, because also like, like I said before, a lot of people assume, oh no, oh, I don't, even my dad, my dad 20 years ago would have said, oh, I don't really like musicals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here today to say that's absolute bollocks. Yes. Because my dad <laughs> loves musicals. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like certain kinds of musicals. Yeah. Which is totally fine. That's mm. absolutely fine. Yeah. That's a personal preference. Whereas he loves some, he absolutely, lo- I had a friend who was in once. Oh, I love that and, show. And not only is it an example of incredible songwriting, incredible arrangement, but also incredible performers who are just so unbelievably talented. Yeah. It's just one, it's also, I really liked when the film came out with Glenn Hansard. I loved the story because it wasn't about boy meets girl and they fall in love and, and, and you know, and that's yeah. it. It was, it was about artistry and it was about finding a kindred spirit and yeah. someone to like connect with. I must have got my dad tickets to see once about seven times. Oh, it was only in the West End for, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> but he, he went to see it loads. He loved Beautiful. He really, he, he, I think his guilty pleasure is now coming to see Mamma Mia. He's yeah. Seen it, he's seen it three or four times and he, he still loves it. Right. Um, and so you, you know, I think it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, um, a misnomer to say, oh, I don't like, I don't like musicals. Um, whereas it's just about finding the right musical. Voice. Yes. It's a bit like so if someone said, you know, if someone said, oh, I don't really like jazz music. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. It's so sweeping. Yeah. And like, um, you know, I there are certain jazz jazz pieces or jazz artists that I just go, oh, do you know what? just doesn't work for me exactly that whereas yeah. there are also certain jazz musicians who I'm like that is incredible that's alchemy that yeah. is that is that is brilliant yeah and I guess the bottom line is we're, we are all performers and um, I remember it was uh, I did a workshop with Jeremy Irons years ago um, at the Haymarket Theatre and and he was giving this talk and it was just amazing and the last thing he said actually the last thing he said was he recited a poem which was just breathtaking how can one person yeah. have that kind of control over? Just it was a poem about a little bird that just that he flew out of his hand. It was amazing. But anyway, he said, I think someone asked him about, you know, are you proud of doing Die Hard with a Vengeance? By the way, Die Hard with a Vengeance is is an amazing film. I love it's it. it's fantastic film, yeah. And he said, as a performer, and I think as a you know whether you are a presenter, a musical arranger, jazz musician, an actor, a singer, whatever it is. As a performer, there are always going to be two boxes, a career box and an artist box. Right, yeah. And there are going to be certain things that come along that will do nothing for your career, but you will, but art- artistically will yeah. just fill you up. Yeah. And then there are going to be people, then there are going to be jobs that come along that will do everything for your career. Yeah. And things like, you know, doing Die Hard with a Vengeance, yeah. I'm sure, rocketed him. I mean, he was pretty successful before that. Yeah. Really, like, really cemented him as a proper Hollywood actor. Yeah. Which then means he can then, you know, 
do whatever play or whatever short film he wants because he's got that freedom. Exactly. He also, he also bought a castle very close to my, my parents' um, place in Ireland. So, you know, right. it has its bonuses in that. In exactly, that well. yeah. And so I think when, when someone asks you, do you want to be in the Cats musical? Do I want, you know, if someone, if Judy said, oh, I'm going to make a Mamma Mia 3, do you want to be in it? The answer is always going to be probably yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, unless, unless you've got unless you've got other options or unless you really just don't like that thing yeah don't do it like I've said I, I've never been a, a particular fan of the concept of Cats the musical of Cats the music maybe maybe just went over my head because the mm. choreography was so Gillian Lynn's choreography it's I can ridiculous. now appreciate it yeah but when I was when I was younger I was like nah yeah no, nah, I'm not, not really interested yeah. But even me, if someone had said, do you want to be in the Cats musical? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a bit of mo-cap. Mo <laughs> yeah. And like it, 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 it comes around in a really, really like, it has to be said that, you know, if, if you're in something like Cats or, you know, and if you've done a great job knowing that you've done a great job, yeah. then that is, that is all that matters. Yeah. You know the the fact if if the movie doesn't do as well or you know yeah. you know if if, if it's if in, if people don't like it that's their problem. I think it is. I think another another concept that my my amazing wife has introduced me to. is... How long have you got? Uh, Fifteen minutes. Sure. Um, <laughs> another concept my my wife has introduced me to is um, where we get our value from yeah. and how how much value we put on on you know for example how much value do i put on what i tell myself what my wife tells me what my family tells me what my friend tell me exactly what a random stranger would tell me exactly and and i think the trouble is when we are and i say we every member of our modern society it has some kind of pressure on them from social media and things like that. and social media is is a is a is a is a vehicle for wonderful things and and connection and um, you know, in sharing common ideas with people who are who you wouldn't necessarily connect with, the very the very act of us sitting here yeah. is because of social media, and that's wonderful. Yeah. The trouble is when we when we live in a world where um, we we one person in our society or everyone might attach the value the value they have as a human being to how many likes they got on their photo, yeah. how many people yeah. watch their Insta story. How many people retweet their their funny and acerbic tweet and all that kind of stuff, or how many people are hurling abuse at us? How many people who are uh, sending us inappropriate messages, uh, you know, hateful messages? Yeah. Like, you know, m my wife my wife has been in the public eye for uh, getting on for twenty years now. She's been very successful, but she's an actress. She's she's yeah. an actor. She's never she's never really you know just wanted to be famous. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of come come along and. And the stuff that she gets sent from probably the dregs of society is really is really hurtful and upsetting. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully she is not in the firing line very often, and she and and compared to a lot of a lot of our friends, she does she she you know yeah. she, she she isn't on the on the receiving end of a lot. Um, but when we attach our value to how many followers we follow followers we have, it's almost like saying you know oh uh, I'm. I've got nothing to do on Friday night. Who am I going to call? Oh, actually, maybe I don't have any friends. Yeah. As opposed to, 
oh, actually, who am I going to call? Well, actually, I've got like 15 people I really want to catch up with, so maybe I'll just call them all and we'll have a massive party. Yeah. And it's almost the, like the, the cyber equivalent of that. Yeah, yeah. That if, you've only, if you've only got nine followers, you might think, oh, my God, I've got, you know, I've got 0.001% of yeah. the followers Beyonce has, and, you know, what makes her better than me? If you've got nine people in your life who love you, that you, you are you are doing really bloody well. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And and I and 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 as we and as we know very tragically, there are lots of people in life who might have millions of followers or millions of people who like their photos or millions of people who comment on their photos, but who are just lonely. Yeah. For whatever reason, where, you know, and I'm not necessarily talking about Caroline Flack here. Just people who are, for whatever reason, uh, you know. Arithmetic, arithmetically popular, yeah, but who just just feel loneliness, yeah. you know, and and you know how many how many rock stars do we know that have that have passed away, yeah, who uh, you know or you know Robin Williams, Robin yeah. Williams, who for for our generation yeah. and, and and generations before and after. He is the genie from Aladdin. He, he is, is Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Like he is happiness. He is happiness exactly. And when a person like that, who, as I understand it, had some had had not only some very dark um, some demons that he was battling, but also you know I, I hear he had a uh, a horrible medical diagnosis, and he yeah. he decided you know what life isn't yeah. I, I don't want to go down this yeah. road. Um, and that's tragic because I think you know, just for me, I want to put my hand up and go, mate, fucking love you. I'm yeah. sorry for swearing, but mate, no, no, I, it's fine. I, I, you know, you you have you brought me joy, you brought me happiness, yeah. you brought me laughter. Thank you for that. And yeah. I wonder if you lined up. You remember, you know, you know when like um, uh, a member of the royal family dies, or the pope dies, or someone like that, and there's like a. Um, what do they call it? They they kind of lying in state, yeah. and and people kind of pro, 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 progress part progress. What the hell is the word? Process. They process past. They process past the coffin, and they pay their respects. And I wonder if you lined up everyone who wanted to say thank you to Robin Williams, he would have been lying there for decades. Decades. Millions of people would have yeah. wanted to. And it's the same with the same with uh, you know people like Caroline Flack. I'd never met Caroline. No. Um, my wife had uh, my, one of my castmates had worked with her very closely and was very upset at the news. Even I, having not met Caroline, I would I wish I'd had yeah. that moment of just being like, "Mate, it's okay. Yeah, you're not alone, and it's all right." It, it's it's such an important thing, and I'm going to touch on all of this. Um, I uh, every once a month, I'm going to be doing with this podcast a solo podcast on mental health uh, from my own experiences yeah. personally. Um, but yeah, it's just like, for instance, recently, like I I saw this post come up from Classic FM, uh, which is and Classic FM puts out some really good content, but also some really bad content on sure. on, on Facebook, like everyone does, yeah. um, and something just like really annoyed me with something they'd said. And I commented saying, I'm sorry, this is totally wrong. And got quite pedantic. I said right, something okay. quite quite pedantic, uh, essentially saying, actually, you know, it, it was something about Beethoven, uh, you know, uh, composing all the stuff whilst he was deaf. And I was like, well, actually, that's wrong, because he, <laughs> yeah. could, still, he could still hear. And, like, it was all about, like, him not being able to hear. But 
his musical ear was still there and yeah. you know all this kind of uh, and yes it was pedantry it was absolute pedantry but i had like 50 people reply to me going like you know just all that kind of uh thing and it's just like personally it it didn't it it, it didn't matter to me like a couple of times like they said like some quite like could be perceived as like quite hurtful yeah. uh, things, and I, I just didn't care at, at, at a point. I was like, it's fine. I said what I had to say, and that's fine. What you think is your problem. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's not my problem. But I know for a fact that if I'd done the same thing five years ago, three years ago, yeah. that would have wrecked me yeah. personally and yeah. it's it's a point that we need to kind of discuss even more in social media that you know saying something not very nice to someone can can hurt yeah. you know yeah i mean i think like like we were saying about um you know where do we get our value from who who do we listen to do we listen to uh, you know the monkey mind in the back of our head that goes you're rubbish you're rubbish you know no, yeah. no one likes you no one wants to listen to you or do we listen to uh, our our higher self that says that says actually no do you know what you you've got a point here this is this is this is valid i think also that uh, i would say everyone um myself included you know i've done a done a lot of like kind of uh, what do you call it soul searching and i wondered what what is it that upsets me about things or you know in a particular moment what what uh, you know what hurt me about things, and I think everyone has uh, an innate desire to be seen and heard. Yeah. Not necessarily, uh, you know, kind of held up on high, but I just want to be seen and heard. I'd want to. I want my my opinions to not be dismissed. I want yeah. myself to not be dismissed. I want what I create to not be dismissed. Um, and you know, I don't don't know exactly where that comes from. It could, childhood could, ju- could just be uh, a sensitivity that I have. But I think in those moments where you where you express an opinion, you just want to be seen and heard. Like the chap that we were talking about on on Twitter who Mm. who said not reading cheap music was unprofessional. He wanted his opinion to be seen and heard. And he probably wanted a lot of people to say, yeah, that is really annoying. It's really annoying when you're sat there and and people just can't, they just don't know that that's, you know, know, an example of some some music. But the trouble is when when your opinion then then hurt someone else or maybe 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 I maybe you know because when I heard that I, I I kind of I definitely felt a little bit is he having a go at me I've never yeah. met the guy at all I don't know no. who he is but is he having a go at me because I can't read sheet music perfectly or is he having a go yeah. at me at, at my my uh, early 20s self yeah. who couldn't read music who no. did who was actually quite scared of reading music because I was scared of getting it wrong mm. right? like like you know when I was at school uh, I I didn't really want to speak French or German or or, or or learn Latin. Not because I couldn't. My grand's French. All my fa- like half my family are French. Um, they all speak great English, so it's easy to communicate. Yeah, yeah. But part of me what was was scared of getting it wrong. So I I, I, I kind of shied away from in, in French lessons of, of taking yeah. of taking part. And I'm sure there are lots of people out there who exactly the same with music mm. would shy away from that because they're scared and yeah. so when someone comes along and says i want my opinion to be seen and heard and it's a negative opinion again about these people those people over there kind of go whoa yeah 
oh, right, well, in that case, I want my opinion to be seen and heard and yeah. it's negative about you. Yeah. Whereas I think maybe if we... May, I mean, I, I think a lot, of, a lot has been said in his defence, not necessarily in the defence of his, of his position, but just in the, his, in the defence of his wording, of mm. saying it's annoying is very different to saying it's unprofessional. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people have defended that. And, you know, I would say, yeah, that's a stupidly worded tweet. Yeah. I get that when other people aren't as skilled or talented as you, it might be frustrating. Yeah. But also, you know, I grew up with a younger sibling and a dog and it was frustrating when the dog wouldn't walk in a straight line or it was frustrating yeah. when my little sister needed to go to the toilet. Like, yeah. it was frustrating. I wouldn't say it was unprofessional. It's not quite the same, the no, same no, example. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't say she was evil for being a, a little girl who wanted to run after us when all we wanted to do, me and my brother, all we wanted to do was go and play football and she was like, wait for me, wait for me. It wasn't, it wasn't evil. <laughs> yeah. It was annoying and frustrating. Yeah, but yeah, you know yeah. what? I love my sister. I love my brother. Like, you know, is it, there's also, a, you know, there's also a big difference between what you want and what you need. Exactly. What he wanted was for everyone to be on, on literally the same musical page as him <laughs> to be in the same skill set. Yeah. What he needs is to just, what, like what we all need to do is just focus on yourself. Exactly. And I think, I, you know, and I've, I've, I've done it. I know I've done it. And I know I, I, I have apologised it. I apologise for it. I've criticised other people. I've never, I, I don't think I've ever criticised people so like in a in a vast swathe or or on social media but i might have criticized someone and then i might have gone and in hindsight actually do you know what that's not my place it's not my job it's not no. i need to look after myself and yeah you know there is an example that's springing into my mind that I, wo I won't i won't repeat but but like i you know i didn't even criticize i passed on the criticism of someone else to a member of our to to like a dance captain and he was like, dude, that's not, that's not your job. It's not your, and, yeah. and he, he was, he was upset. And, and then I got upset because I upset him. And I suddenly realized I was like, oh my God, totally not my place to criticize no. someone else. Everyone else is dealing with their own, their own frustrations, their own demons, their own, their own challenges. Exactly. You know, I, I, you know, I'm blessed with being able to make hopefully good acting choices and and, yeah. and you know i'm blessed with a good voice and i'm blessed with a you know I, i've got quite a large range so when someone says can you hit that note more often than not i bloody can yeah but i also know that some people don't have that like one of yeah. my dear friends is a is a bass he can't get even he can't get even close to a top a yeah a top g is kind of pushing him but he has the most beautiful bass voice. Yeah. And so if you start criticizing, oh, well, he's rubbish because he can't hit a super G, yeah. you know, who, who are you to say what's, what's, yeah. what's, what's, what's good or bad? And, and yeah, so I think where we get our value and how we are seen and heard is essential. And yeah. I think the more, the more that we can, you know, a lot has been said about let's be kind to everyone. And I think kindness, kindness can, we all know that kindness can come in, in various guises. You mm. know, sometimes, uh, you know, my PE teacher at school, uh, who pushed me to be better, at the time I was like, leave me alone, yeah. why are you being mean to me? At the time he was pushing me to be better, he was pushing me to drive me forward. And yeah. that was, in a way, kind. And so sometimes, criticism with the right intent and the right, love for what want of a better word can be great when we started off talking about you know our parents and stuff like that criticism from my parents can be incredibly 
uh, empowering and uplifting and, and it can actually drive me to be better. But criticism from, from another source that might be really callous and horrible yeah. can be cutting and hurting. Yeah. And, you know, it can really hurt you. And so, yeah, when, we, when we're faced with, you know, because I also know that in the, in the world of, of being a producer, I think I've got like a couple of thousand followers on, on Instagram. Yeah. If I had 10 or 20 or 50,000 followers or a million followers, that would be a million people who would know that I was in a particular show who would be encouraged to come and see me in a show. Right. Hence buy tickets, hence sell, you know, bums on seats, you know. Great. Ergo, the, um, the, the, um, the show is a success. So in this world where, where social media is very important to getting jobs yeah. and to getting another job and, 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 you know, and, and you know, fulfilling, fulfilling our, our, our destiny as, as entertainers, it's also it's one of those double-edged swords. You know, we, have to be, yeah. we have to be really careful because you know, someone might listen to a song that you've written or you've, you've yeah. arranged and be like, oh, Charles, I really, really don't care for that. It's rubbish. Yeah. It's a yeah. song. And you might turn around and go, yeah, do you know what? I was really hungover. I did that on the rush. Uh, you know, I'm not very proud of it at all. Do you know what? I think I'll take it down. I'll change this. I'll change that. Or you might go, oh, actually, I, I wrote that for my gran that I was yeah. really close to and that, I, that was my homage to her and I put yeah. my heart, my soul and everything I have into that song. Yeah. And now that you've said it was rubbish, that really hurts me. Yeah. Or you might, you might be, you might be a, a bigger person, Teflon skin and, and go, do you know what? I don't care about what you're, what you're saying. And that's, I wish I was a bigger person all the time. And you know, yeah, think, me too. You know, and I think we, I think, I think, I think we all, we all, we all wish yeah. that we could make better decisions and we could, we could, we all want to be. We all want to be great. We all want to be respected and heard and seen. And and I I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just a case of the more we can see and hear and respect other people, the more it might come back. Yeah. To us. Yeah. Exactly. Whether there's always going to be you know whether there's always going to be a rule to that, who knows? There's always there's always yeah. going to be someone having a bad day. Exactly. As my you know my my nana used to say. When someone picks on you, sometimes you have to. It's a bit like a historical source. You have to look at who is it that ri that's written that tweet, who is it that's written that article, who is it that's that's taken that photograph in history, because there is something about that person who's made them do that. Yeah. So if someone criticizes you, or you know says, "Oh, you know, the cat's film was rubbish," maybe there is something about that person that tells you why they might. Maybe, maybe, maybe they hate cats maybe they, yeah, maybe yeah, they yeah. hate Andrew Lloyd Webber maybe they don't yeah. maybe they auditioned for that film and didn't get it and they're a bit bitter maybe they're just having a bad day exactly maybe they're one of those acerbic comics who who get who have a really wry and cutting sense of humour that is actually very amusing as long as you're not on the receiving end of it exactly it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a minefield but yeah. you know hopefully we can just be better. <laughs> e e exactly. Listen, you've got to go. So let's. I do. I do. Yeah, I let, let's and shows and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap this up. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been such an interesting conversation. Charles, it's been brilliant to meet you and, and um, your stories as well. So it's been great. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Great. And that's your lot. Thank you so much for everyone who tuned in. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and review. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Cheese, wine and creative.